We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another BuzzBeat. This is Richie, and I hope you guys have been enjoying your day, enjoying our recent content on the podcast. What you're about to listen to is a film breakdown of Brandon Miller. You are going to hear the audio version of a conversation that I had with Brian as we ran through 12 clips from Miller's season in Alabama. We looked at four clips in movement offense, four clips that would be considered ISO offense, and four clips of him on defense individually, but also as a team defender. The video version may be better to help illustrate our points, but we do our best job to narrate the actions as we are watching them. The video is available to our BuzzBeat Plus subscribers right now, and will be released later for our non-paying supporters. So just keep an eye out on that on YouTube, also on our Substack. We will unlock that for everyone. Also, before we get into this conversation, I wanted to read our latest review on Apple Podcasts because it was awesome to see, and we love to read these things as they come through. It's titled, The Hornets Pod. Absolutely the best Hornets pod out there, bar none. We honestly don't deserve these guys. The amount of analysis and thoughtfulness these guys put into this pod is evident each listen. Richie, Brian, Spencer Lee, keep grinding, guys. Thanks for putting this product out. And when I read this, the two words that stood out to me were analysis and thoughtfulness. And hopefully as you guys listen to this conversation that we have here with Brandon Miller, you will also see the thoughtfulness and the analysis that comes your way. But without further delay, let's get into this comprehensive breakdown of the second overall pick, Brandon Miller. Since the Hornets did draft Brandon Miller at number two, we are going to look at his offense and defense. It is going to be a little bit more varied than the one with Scoot Henderson. The Scoot Henderson one was strictly with pick and roll. For the purposes of this, we have it into three separate categories with movement offense. We've got ISO offense, and then we've just got defense as well. But Brian, before we start with the clips here, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well, man. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. So we're going to go ahead and start pulling up these clips here with Brandon Miller. And the first one, as you are looking on your screen here, is against LSU. 
And Brandon Miller, obviously number 24, starts in the left corner and comes across the lane here. And his teammate is getting ready to set a down screen for him. And then he comes up, almost like a ram action, getting ready to set the ball screen and slips, goes screen here. And the pass is a little bit slow getting to Brandon Miller. He catches, <laughs> I, I want to say it almost bounces twice. It does. I looked at I it did like I laughed at that re-watching this clip earlier today. Yeah, Jaden Bradley not exactly putting a lot of steam on that behind the back pass. Uh it literally two hops to Miller, and he's still able to get to get the shot off. Yeah, you don't see that happen too often. Like a yeah, double pass, a double bounce pass. Yeah. I, I think I had to watch it a couple of times too to make sure that my eyes were were seeing this. And then you know, he doesn't hesitate in getting this shot off. He knows that with the slow pass that he's got to get it off as quickly as possible. I The thing that I've noticed a lot about Brandon Miller, and obviously people that have watched him as well have seen this, is that he's just very active off ball. He's decisive in his movements. He's still able to get this shot off despite it not being the best pass and it bouncing twice. So I, I just love the movement with Brandon Miller as he comes across the lane, off the down screen, sets the ghost screen, and, and catches and fires away. But are you seeing anything uh, that kind of catches your eye in this one? Yeah, a couple of things. And yeah, this is a go-to Alabama set to get him a a movement look um, without running him off, like, you know, without him coming off of like a, you know, a screen directly for him. It's that Ram screen to screener action. I, I refer to this as Ram ghost exit because you also see in the, in the left corner, Alabama's Nick Pringle is setting a, a baseline exit screen for, for, I think it's for Dom Welch who's coming across too. So something you'd see, honestly, the Hornets run a lot, especially under uh, James Borrego, this type of like ghost action with an exit screen along the baseline. I think it's also worth noting that in this scenario here, you've got Miller playing the four. Um, That's something we've talked a little bit about. You know, we even listening to back to the draft pod that we did with Dylan Jackson the other night, you know, we sort of talked positionally, where where Miller probably projects for the Hornets. And I think we were all thinking, you know, two and a half as opposed to the the three and a half that he kind of played at uh at uh, at Alabama. But yeah, you get the inverted, you know, Ram screen into the the ghost action with Miller as the four. You know, I think Miller certainly benefits by two LSU defenders going to the ball here, going to to Jaden Bradley, which really does, you know, free up a lot. I mean, he's just, he's wide open and, and obviously like, you know, we're, this is the middle of a, the second half of a absolute blowout from Alabama, but you still get the weak side contest from Ace Miller in 44 in purple. And it was, you know, a pretty good defender and uh, the, the recovering, you know, a uh, big man for LSU as well. But I just think like, this is, I don't know about as good of a sort of like, I think sort of like, baseline movement look you're going to get from Miller the quick release doesn't get off the floor all that much but because of the length um it's not like he has like the highest release either but because of that length the quick release in like enough bounce plus the the three point shooting range you know he's able to to hit what is you know a clean catch and shoot i think but but still with a a decent i wouldn't i wouldn't grade that as a good weak side contest cuz he's still pretty open but a decent and we excite contest, and there are other movement possessions where, or I think he shows a little bit more lift, and there are movement possessions where I think he shows uh, less lift. Worth noting, this is a court. This is from Zach Milner's dat- database, but 
Uh, Brandon Miller was 35 of 100 on above the break range NBA three pointers this season. So 35 percent on those looks on a on a you know a ton of on a lot of volume. Basically threes that were from at least 24 feet out. So lots of volume. Shot a pretty good number on those looks as well. And then according to Synergy, I, I guess I wouldn't call this a stationary catch and shoot. Um, cause he is coming off a, a, a you know, a fair amount of, of movement here, but Brendan Miller, 1.3 points per shot on stationary catch and shoot makes this year. Um, I'm not sure what synergy would grade that as it doesn't quite strike me as as stationary, but again, we talked a lot about the ghost actions with Miller at Alabama and how those could certainly be a part of the package or probably should be a part of the package for him. Um, yeah. you know, as he gets set to team up with Lamella ball, Terry Rozier, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., like all of this stuff could be, you know, James Booknight or Bryce McGowan's, like any of those guys that are going to have the ball in their hands, some too. Um, but yeah, this is a big part. The movement shooting is a huge part of the package with Miller. I think everyone probably understands that. But it's like if he doesn't have this stuff, then I think it's going to be tough for him to open up other stuff unless he is just a substantially better pick and roll player than I think he's uh, going to be. Yeah, when I envision the Hornets, I envision Rozier in this spot where he sets the ghost yeah. plenty of times and hits that shot. Yeah, I wouldn't really call it stationary either. Like he gets set, but because he is so he's such in movement on this play, it, it feels like it's not a stationary shot. So it's kind of hard to know what you would classify this as. But yeah, and Richie, this is something where I think a lot of people default to thinking about a movement opportunity being like a pin down screen or a down screen. A, player running off that and shooting immediately and obviously it can it can look differently and it can mean so many more things after after the shot and and, and also you know not all movement possessions involve a screen sometimes those are cuts those are relocations um it can just take place in a lot of different ways but on this look we're going to see uh brandon miller starting in the corner alabama in a horn set they pitch the ball here to Charles Bidiaco in the middle. Noah Clowney sets the pin down for Miller. He goes directly off the pin down into the DHO with Bidiaco or to the handoff with Bidiaco to get that gut Chicago or gut zoom action, whatever you want to call it, just the, the pin down into the DHO, something that Alabama did a lot uh, with, with Miller, like these types of handoff into or, or pin down into a handoff or screen into a DHO, like any type of like sort of like one, two movement sets with Miller. Those were good stuff for them. Um, he's guarded here by Adam Miller and he starts possession by coming off the, the, the pin down from Clowney into the handoff. And you can see Miller initially goes the defender Miller. He goes under the screen. And so I don't know how, what your interpretation was Richie watching this, but I like, I do kind of think he could have like, as soon as he comes off the handoff, like the shot is there. And instead of just, you know, uh, turning on that left foot and, and lifting up, you know, he does have this habit of needing to take a rhythm yeah. dribble and get back moving to his left. And, and that's something that a lot of, you know, right-handed shooters want to do. And he also has the size to, to sort of like be able to get his rhythm and still get the shot up over the contest. But it's like, you know, if this is someone like Jordan Hawkins from UConn, um, Jordan Hawkins is shooting that that sucker right off the uh, right off the handoff, you know, like it's just he's immediately squaring his feet and, and getting the shot up. Um, so a slightly different process, you know. Uh, I think they both have their different strengths, their different weaknesses. Um, so I don't know. What was your interpretation of this play? 
uh, of these. Maybe you don't need to go too much into the screening actions or whatever, but just Miller sort of like needing to use or, or preferring to use uh that like rhythm dribble because he really gets basically the same shot, you know, like, you know, so I don't know. Any thoughts from you on that? Well, first, yeah, firstly, with this being the same opponent, um, I was just kind of watching this back to back and it, it was kind of started off the same way where he's coming across the paint and on a down screen, but because the big is handling the ball at the top of the key, you're not going to run a pick and roll with him. So you do have that dribble handoff, but yes, right here at this point in the clip, at one point, I thought maybe he could just try to turn the corner. Like he could even do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's yeah. got his own man on the wrong side of the the DHO screener here. So to your point, he can rise up right away, but maybe it's more of like being being comfortable with the fact that he has a rhythm dribble to his left, and he's got plenty of room to get off a shot initially. But maybe he would just wants to square it away, take a dribble, rise up with no contest. Which, like you said, it's basically the same shot but maybe just more under control i do like mm-hmm. the way he sets up his man though in terms of making that jab and then coming back to the left i know as a right hand yeah. shooter you you kind of said it and even when i play pickup basketball i like to go to my left first put the ball in my left hand so that i can rise up and shoot uh not that i'm comparing myself to no, that's <laughs> yeah. just natural right. habit of mine and i'm sure it's 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 his as well. So that's that was my thinking. Like, yeah, you're you're right, but maybe it was just more of him being comfortable and rising up with no contest there uh, with that rhythm dribble. So is that something that you've noticed a lot with him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he 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 has some versatility coming off screen, so you will sometimes look to see him. You know, he'll curl hard and he'll get downhill, and there are other times uh, he will look to just pure catch and shoot, and then there's other times where yeah, he does kind of want to you know, show off the skills a little bit, work into a rhythm and and get to his shot. Um, again, I think this is this is different than you'd see from another movement shooter type prospect like uh, like Jordan Hawkins, who's just going to come off and, and catch and shoot that. But Miller has the size and the length to shoot it over the top. And uh, and yeah, I suppose this those kind like those tactics do allow him to also get into some of the like pin down into pick and roll type scenarios too. So maybe there's maybe there is sort of like a little bit of a, a playmaking component to it. But uh, I think on this specific example, you're seeing it mostly uh, as a means to get to a spot, get a rhythm and get the, get the jumper going. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let's get over to clip number three against my Florida Gators here down 46 to 64. And in this particular clip, you see him kind of trailing on the weak side with the big man standing right there at the top of the key. And the one thing that I do love about this play is the way that Miller sets up his man in terms of putting the idea that Mm -hmm. he might go back door. The defender has to also account for the big man setting the screen, maybe the back door cut. And then Miller, Miller, I feel like pushes off a little bit here (laughs) for sure. (laughs) The defender knows he can't go under. But he's also so deep, he might as well just go under at this point. But he's going to fight over the top of the screen. And so Miller knows this and is going to try to get uh, downhill and attack this pick and roll. The one thing that I did not like about this particular play is I wish that he would have maybe taken one more dribble here to draw out. Is that Castleton from Florida? Colin Castleton. Yeah. And... Either he does it wide or just one more. I feel like he just kind of gathers a little quickly, but again, it ends in a alley-oop dunk there to his teammate, and I'm just envisioning Mark Williams in that situation. For sure. Well, I mean, back it up to the start of the last clip and then just like uh, pause it. Look, this is, I would... This is like a very NBA type maneuver. Pause it right here. Like this is five out from Alabama. I know Bidiaco's not a, a stretch option, but he's he's five out here. This is wide action, right? Like this is this is like five out wide action. This is something the Hornets do all the time with Terry Rozier in the Brandon Miller role, right? Like, you know, Lamelo brings it up the left or right side, Rozier's opposite side, and he comes off that sort of like middle pin down or middle brush screen and, and is sort of either looking to shoot. Or he, he wants to curl and, and try to get downhill. So very you know NBA type action that Nate Oates has brought to Alabama, along with several other things that the the, the Tide run. Um, and you can see the other thing too is look where Colin Castleton is too. Like Florida in in a drop, like a deep drop, and that's going to be a part of Castleton moving forward. I think he has good scheme versatility, but part of it is your the hope is that he can give you some drop coverage. And so Miller comes off the screen and he has so much room to attack. I mean that's what. 10, 12, 15 feet of split, whatever it is. And so I'm glad that he does get downhill. Like he, he curls this hard. He said, does a nice, you pointed out, he does a nice job setting up Will Richard, who's a good wing defender, good cover guy to, to throw at Miller. He does a nice job with the off ball, the off ball tactics, the off ball tools, curls that. And like he does just enough to engage Castleton, right? right. Like just enough. And he does get Castleton maybe like a a step or a half step off of his line. There's no weak side tag for Miley uh, Kugel. And that opens up the lob 
for Bidiaco. Miller does a nice job with, uh, you know, making what I think is sort of an automatic read, right? It's like he gets the, the big guy to take a step up. There's no weak side tag lobs there, make the read. But like, this is, this is my kind of like favorite uh, playmaking from Brandon Miller, like is when he goes quickly and, and he plays with pace and he gets downhill and he's using the the pin down screen to basically kickstart pick and roll. Like I, I really like that from him. Um, and I, I think it would be important for Charlotte to find these kinds of options to get him going into a little bit of movement before trying to get him into pick and roll situations, whatever that may look like. And in the last clip against LSU, like one of the things I, I forgot to mention was like he had time to set that up. Like when he was able to take that rhythm dribble, right? Like come off the Chicago action or the zoom action, you know, he's able to set it up. And when he has time to do that, he looks pretty good. But I like in this in the Florida clip when he has, he just, he goes quickly. Like there's no hesitation in that. So this to me is some of the most decisive play and sort of like playmaking characteristics that you'll see from, uh, from Miller, at least during his one season at Bama. Right. That's the one thing that I did notice with a lot of these movement offense category types here for Brandon. He's just very decisive in what he wants to do. And when he is decisive and makes the move, uh, it puts the defense in a really hard position. Now, this last clip for the category is a little bit different in the sense that it's a baseline out of bounds play, just a four flat here. And he's the farthest away from the ball on the opposite corner. And so the ball obviously is inbounded. And I guess he's trying to set like a little flare screen. Doesn't really get much contact here. And then he receives the handoff right here. I actually like the pump fake in this situation. Yeah. Well, at least it gets yeah. leaky black in the air. But as he attacks this, black recovers pretty well. And it UNC makes this difficult for him as he's going up with his left hand. Just kind of tosses it up there uh, between two Tar Heels. Misses it. Gets it back. Uh, fortunately, there kind of bounces right back to him. Uh, so yeah, good yeah. for him for sticking with it and getting that loose ball and going back up. I've noticed this a couple of times with him. He does well in the clips that you showed me. He'll miss a couple layups and then he'll just be fortunate in the right spot, the right place, the right time, and he'll just yeah. you know, have the putback layup. So yeah, it goes down as a fifty percent uh, shooting percent <laughs> here. So yeah, I guess it goes down as an unassisted rim make too, which maybe who knows? I don't I don't think that's boosting the stats all that much, but something probably to consider. And yeah, I like to call this type of action like razor, like the flare or the back screen into the dribble handoff. So it's a cool, it's a nice little like. Uh, you know, Nate Oates, again, has lots of like nice baseline out-of-bounds actions. And this is good. You know, Mark Sears, Brandon Miller, probably Alabama's two best movement shooters. And you can use those guys in, in, a, in a pair together. So that's, that's good action there. You know, Leaky Black, the recent two-way edition of the Hornets. MJ getting oh, yeah. one last I didn't mention UNC, uh, one last UNC signing uh, before he gets out the door. But you know, he goes under... I do think this is one that Miller probably should be looking to catch and shoot like mm -hmm. right off the, off the back here. But again, you know, he does want to, he wants to kind of get that little, like get, get the get going left, whether it's to attack or the rhythm dribble. Again, I like the shot fake from him, but that's kind of where you see like Miller doesn't quite have like the burst to like capitalize. Like he's able to create the advantage with his gravity and the shot fake. And that's great. But then the, he doesn't always have like the pace to sort of like capitalize on the on the advantage creation. Uh, if you're if you're with me on that, and so he's able to again he gets that little bit of separation. But as you know, UNC they're in their base defense. They they ice middle. They're no middle 
They're going to ice side ball screens and drop on middle third screens. So you've got Baycott back. And this is a really tough attempt against two tall players, two tall defenders in Baycott and uh, Leaky Black, which is, yeah, it's, it's no real surprise that he's not able to like pay this one off. Um, this would be a tough finish for a lot of yeah. guys at the rim. And certainly for someone like Miller, who this is, you know, this is a weakness of his game. Yeah. I mean, this is this, what on paper you would think of to be like a high percentage shot is, is really not that high percentage, you know, him going to his weekend against, against length, you know? Yeah. I think UNC plays it. Well, Baycott does a good job of kind of like showing and then kind of backing backpedaling to cut off the lob. Here. Yeah, so. well, and, and Puff Johnson does a nice job from the weak side. I mean, compare that to the, the what Riley Kugel did on the last play, where like he let Bidiaco have a free run to the rim. The lob was there. The lob's not there because both Puff Johnson and Baycott are, are chipping over, you know, a little bit. Um, and again, that's good. Leaky Black is is a good on ball defender with size and, and NBA type length. So um, he he bothered Brandon when when these two guys play matched up. Uh, that was very early in the season. And that was sort of like in the midst of when Miller was having, you know, some of his like worst rim finishing uh, challenges. All right. So the next set of clips that we're going to get into is ISO offense with Brandon Miller. Uh, these are clips in which a lot of times the his, his teammates kind of clear out for him and allows him to go to work. And this first clip that you're going to see is against uh, Mizzou here. And it starts uh, with a little bit of a step up screen switch. And I think initially i think that's clowny there that sets the screen yeah it is and because he also gets the switch he is wanting to take advantage of the switch in the post so it kind of clogs it up right there on the right side of the court so even mm -hmm. if brandon miller wanted to take this guy one-on-one -on -one, it probably would not be advantageous because there's going to be a lot of players down there uh to help out but yeah he does attempt to drive uh but he gets cut off you know, good on Mizzou, uh, that player there, and he has to back it out and take it out. I guess what I love most about this is that when he gets to this like double crossover move, he gets the mm -hmm. pace that he needs, and he does an awesome job of pushing off with his left foot right here to create yep, yep. Even more sidestep right there for the three. So the, the three itself kind of looks a little bit off balance because he's fading to his right, but he does create the, the necessary space as he kind of steps with that left foot plants and gets that sidestep three. So, Ryan, break down this play. What do, you, what do you see? What do you like? What do you dislike? Yeah, just starting from the the top, if uh, if you don't mind, Miller starts this play being guarded by uh, Demoy Hodge, who actually I just I think just signed a, an undrafted free agent deal with the the Lakers. And yeah, you get that little like angled step up screen. I mean, we've seen PJ set that how many times now to try to get a switch over the last couple of seasons, and it looked like Clowney was trying to like you know get inside like seal get inside yeah. leverage. But, you know, I think it's important to know if you would run this clip a little bit longer, then I'm going to ask you to pause it in a second. So run this clip out. Now, pause it here. So the, not only does Mizzou switch, but look at on the <laughs> far left side wing, Mark Sears is wide open and you've got a Mizzou help defender that's sliding over to help in the paint against Noah Clowney. Now, one of the assistant coaches, first year assistant coaches at Mizzou this season was Charlton Young, who came over from Florida State. And what do we know about Florida State's defense the last couple of years? They switch everything one through five, and they are a super aggressive uh, backside help and pass denial passing lane team, right? Like that's what that's what FSU has been made a killing on. We've talked about this for years now when discussing guys like Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell, and so you see that. Um, so yeah, the, the the passing option's not there because of that. 
And initially, Mo, Mo Diara is the guy who switches out onto Brandon Miller. And, and Diara is not a nobody. This guy was the Juco player of the year nationally two seasons ago. Um, and he actually transferred. He'll be, uh, he's going to be playing down the street for me this season. He transferred from Mizzou to NC State this offseason. So he does a nice job mirroring Miller on these first two little moves. Miller's not able to get any real separation. So he has to back this thing out. And it's that little lefty hesitation into the crossover where, yeah, that final like left to right crossover, yep. Miller does just enough to create separation. You talked about him using that left foot to push off. Like, you know, in some reality, I think you'd like to see him when he gets a matchup like this because Jara is like kind of a four, kind of a five. And this, in that possession, he's playing the five. You might like for Miller to think, like, oh, that's a time for me to try to like get, you know, make a move, get downhill, turn the corner, get into the paint or whatever. But, Obviously, like he's a you know, he's a big time pull up shooter, big time shooter in general. So that's what he opts for with you know about eight seconds left on the shot clock. But he, he gets to his spots and he gets his rhythm going. And so yeah, I think ultimately that's an okay pro. It's like okay process. It's not like amazing, but overall, like you know, it's it's a big time shot against a, a lot of length. I never noticed it until you pointed it out, but just Sears on the opposite it's side. It's just wide open. So <laughs> incredible. And Mark Sears is a is a sniper. Like that dude can really, really shoot too. He's a really good player. But yeah, it's pretty funny. Miller was I mean, like, I think Miller, like, I could understand why he, he was thinking, like, you know, can I get this to Clowney or should I can I just go right. to work? I mean, I don't know how much he was even looking at at Sears, but I guess you could you if you wanted to, you could dock him for like not throwing the skip pass or whatever, right. but you know, he and Noah Clowney isolated against the switch on one side of the court is like not bad action to work off of. All right, this next clip, clip number two for ISO offense is against Gonzaga. Bama spaces the floor pretty well here and allows Miller to go to work. He gets into the paint, and, and something that I noticed, again, I have not watched a ton of Brandon Miller, but just the clips that I've seen, does a good job, or maybe he likes to come to a jump stop a lot. Mm-hmm. And so here he is with a little jump stop, kind of maneuvers around the big and switches to his left hand and, and really makes this a fairly difficult attempt. Not that he, you know, has any other option. He has to go around the big. And once again, he misses the layup, gets the put back. And like I said, I've seen this several times. <laughs> and I almost wonder, I mean, maybe this is not going to solve everything, but if he if he had a bulkier frame. Would he attack this differently? Would he try to go chest to chest? Yeah. Straight up right here. Or is he going to try to kind of come to two feet stop, maneuver around the big and go finesse versus power? That That's what I wonder. Yeah. Like, I, again, he ultimately succeeds on this play, right? Like he he gets to the rim with a live dribble. He beats it like Anton Watson is a, a power forward, but a good defender. So like Brendan Miller being able to like attack him. I, I know it's like a spread floor. It's in you know secondary or whatever, but that's not bad. I just think you would like look when Gonzaga is they have it's a poor rim protection team, especially when Drew Timmy isn't at the five. So like it's good for Miller to think like let me get the ball to the rim, and he was he was really good in this game against Gonzaga, especially in the second half. But yeah, I think ideally you'd like to see him try to like you know dunk this on top of Drew Timmy or like power through, and it's like yeah he has the body control to to contort, and you know he goes off of two feet here and has to contort and just like again. I think parts of this like look pretty. The crossover is nice. Um, he's still able to get it to the front of the rim, and he does so by getting downhill against a, a good a good veteran defender. But I think ideally you'd like for this finish to come with more force, whether vertical, whether it's like vertical pop or just like strength to just go through Timmy. And that's 
very easy for me to say, right. uh, you know, sitting here in front of my computer. I, I, I certainly realize that, but yeah, I think, I think this is one of those clips that sort of like leaves you, uh, even though it's successful, it leaves you sort of like wanting just uh, a little bit more, or maybe it speaks to the fact that like, there's some tools here, like you just got to get stronger and maybe somehow become a little bit more explosive. And, and maybe there's some like low hanging fruit he can tap into as a, you know, six, eight, six, nine, uh, creator. All right. Third clip after we play out this clip against Gonzaga is going against UNC. And we got a little cross screen action to get Brandon Miller coming back towards the ball. I also envision this being used with the Hornets a lot too, where like they have like those wiper screens where Rozier goes mm -hmm. away from the ball and then comes back to the ball or vice versa. Uh, the flare screens, all these things that happen up at the top of the, the key here. And after he gets the ball, uh, the screener does a good job of, you know, slipping right away. Uh, but once again, he goes into the paint, I believe, and comes to a jump stop like the previous. Mm -hmm. I think if he, if he's a guy that struggles at the rim, like hooding, hitting this like push hook shot here is something that might need to be in his like bag. You know, who knows his length? Yeah. You, you talk about on the podcast all the time, Brian, that he kind of relies on his length more so than his power mm -hmm. to score. And this is one of those plays where he can't get all the way to the rim, but because he has length, he can kind of get this up yep. over the big there. Yep, exactly. All all good points. And yeah, like the, these kind of like early offense down screens are, are you know, again, every NBA team runs them. The Hornets do it a lot with Terry Rozier or they'll do it with LaMelo sometimes too, depending on lineups. Um, I do think context is important for this clip. You'll notice it's in the third overtime <laughs> of this ended up. This was a four overtime win that Bama had against UNC earlier this season. Um, and also UNC has mixed up its coverages. I said earlier, UNC is a no middle defense that usually drops against middle screens. But with Pete Nance at five, who I think he just signed a deal with the an undrafted deal with the Cavs, I believe they're switching. There's they're switching. They're switching actions here. So Miller gets matched up against a pretty, you know, pretty mobile four and a half, five in, in Pete Nance. He played the four this season for uh, UNC, but he played some five and played some five at Northwestern before he transferred over to is that similar sort of like left to right hang crossover dribble that he used against Anton Watson. That's what he uses to kind of get the initial step on, on Nance. Mm -hmm. Very similar, you know, drives, you know, again, he wants to come to that the jump stop and have the two foot leap, like maybe not totally comfortable in the half court, just like fluidly going to that, like, a live ball one foot leap, which again, I think all of this stuff is sort of related, but as we've talked about Richie, like one of his big scoring tools is the size and the length that he has. And he gets that shot up over. I mean, Pete Nance is a, again, six eleven mobile center with good length. And leaky black also is maybe has maybe the better contest on this with a, you know, another six, eight forward with good length. So you see Miller being able to play over the top of those two guys with touch. And yeah, this absolutely like this type of shot is going to be a big part of his like finishing package in the, in the final third of the, of the floor um, uh, as he transitions to, to the Hornets. Here it is one more time. And then we'll get to the fourth clip. And the fourth clip to me is probably the one that has the most negatives, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah. He starts. Uh, he might've set a screen there, but he pops out to the three point line receives the pass here against Georgia and goes to work again. A lot of the crossover stuff that he's trying to get to and, and get his opponent off balance. 
it looks like he's trying to get to a Euro step uh, right there, but gets bodied up <laughs> uh, this Georgia defender. I don't think he actually travels. Like it almost looks like he does, but I do think he keeps it yeah. on the ground. And obviously it's not called to travel. Uh, I'm not sure how this play ends per se, but obviously this is another example of Brandon Miller where his dribble is killed because of any advantage that he did create was taken away because of the lack of strength that he has. So we talk about that being one of the biggest things that he needs to work on in the next level. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a lot of the skill to get to the point to where he needs to go and crossovers and trying to get to this zero step, but he really just gets bodied up here, Brian. Yeah, I mean, it, this felt like he just like, you know, he... <laughs> He tried something and it didn't work, and then he kind of just like evacuated like halfway through it. You know, like he just get, he gets stonewalled. Um, and he's going up against Braylon Bridges, who's a 6'11, 250 pound center. So it's like on one hand, it's it's no surprise that he can't just like overpower him. You know, once once it gets to the contact portion of this drive, it's just like maybe a little bit more disappointing that a guy that large is able in in you know Braylon Bridges is not like an above the rim. You know, he's not. This is not Derek Lively guarding in space. Like this is a mostly groundbound center that's able to like still beat him to the spot and mirror him up and then stand him up like that. Look, it just it's one drive, but it yeah. does sort of like highlight some of the limitations that he has or some of the struggles he has as a guy trying to uh, trying to create. And again, it's not fair to compare these guys maybe one to one. They're different players, but. You know, I don't think Braylon Bridges is like beating Scoot Henderson to the spot, you know, uh, guarding in, in space like this. And you can see like Alabama's got the floor spaced, you know, like that he's got room. He's got some room to work on this. Um, and, uh, it, you know, he's obviously he's forced to just sort of like pass out and, and, and reset. So he doesn't force anything. I just think, you know, he doesn't quite have it's tough because he doesn't have the strength to like overpower a lot of guys and he doesn't have the like burst to just like consistently win one on one, you know, every single time. So, um, yeah, again, this is this is this is just part of the deal with him and something he's going to have to 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 get better or find other ways to sort of like adjust and, and uh, get into the paint with uh, with sort of more efficiency. And I'd assume out of the first two categories that the movement offense is something that you have more confidence in than the ISO offense, right? Yeah. Yeah. At this point, yes, I do. And we haven't really talked like we've only sort of like hinted at pick and roll as a means to like get a switch or when uh, the pin down screens turn into to to like pick and roll scenarios like on the fly. So and, and I again, I've, I've sort of, you know, I've said this a few times now, but like when he has time to set that stuff up. I think the process is pretty good and he can get to his jump shot and it looks pretty and he makes a lot of those. Um, but yeah, right now I sort of see him as hopefully a guy that can have some gravity as a, as a movement player that opens up playmaking opportunities and, and then that allows him to eventually then play out of that, you know, as a live ball scorer in pick and roll or in isolation. It, I mean, ideally, I would just be underselling this guy's ability to create his own shot, you know, and, and hopefully for Charlotte's case that that remains to be the true. But, yeah, I see him as more of a movement guy. Yeah. I don't know. Where are you on that, Richie? Yeah. And in the minimum clips that I've seen. Yeah, that's definitely where his strengths lie. Uh, moving off screens, setting like we talk about screen navigation, but I think he does a good job of setting his opponents yeah. through script, yep. which is a very, very positive thing to look at as you are working as an off-ball player. I think what's going to hold him back, I know that you're lower on his handle than probably I am. I do think that he has 
a passable handle, but I think what really holds him up is his strength. So once when he gets knocked off his path, like that last clip that we just showed, his handle kind of goes, you know, by the wayside. But what's going to be interesting here is as you're watching the video, you guys can see the next category. We did not do this with Scoot, but we're going to look at some clips on defense for Brandon Miller. And he's got, you know, the frame and the length to work with. Hate to keep harping on it, but, you know, the bulk is going to have to come into play here. So we're going to start with clip number one for defense. Uh, this is against Gonzaga, and he is defending the guard outside the three-point line here. And one of the biggest things that you're going to see in this possession is his effort and his screen navigation. It's, it's going to be put to the test because the big, I believe, flips his hips a couple times, resets screens. And I'm not sure how purposeful it is, but right here, as he is fighting over the top of the screen and trying to get around the big, he well, luckily that guard loses the ball a little bit, so he's able to recover. <laughs> uh, he extends his arm here. I, I don't know if that's really what he's trying to do or if he's trying to flail and get the foul call. Not sure, but it kind of shows the ball handler, hey, I'm, I'm right here behind you. And mm. he gets back into the play, and the, the guard kind of stops a little bit in front of the free throw line, is backing up. And he puts up a good contest here to force the miss. So uh, overall, I like the effort in terms of the, like, the biggest thing, the effort in terms of how he navigated that screen or screens to start this possession. Agreed. This is a really good defensive possession for Miller, uh, from, my, from my point of view. He's matched up with Malachi Smith, who is a very efficient college guard and is not, I mean, Miller has a distinct size and length advantage over him, but Smith is, you know, 6'4", 6'5", and, and solid. And you highlighted, like, Miller, just the application of his length is really good here. You can see when that initial DHO happens, like, he, I mean, maybe he even gets a piece of the ball and, like, deflects it a little bit. Like, he, he does try to, like, well, stick his hand in the, in the cookie jar here. So, look, Smith may have lo lost that on his own amidst a, a little bit of pressure and, you know, maybe not the cleanest handoff with Efton Reed there. But, but it's a nice job by Miller to then do that then slink around and you richie you highlighted this him using like he just has that arm out there at all times to sort of like keep con some kind of constant pressure um he maybe loses smith like smith kind of gets like he's able to snake back and kind of get to a little bit of of space but miller is doing such a nice job tracking that even though he loses touch for maybe just a, a little bit he's able to recover do so under control not foul, and then put up a, a good contest. So I think this is a really nice defensive sequence from Miller that shows a couple of different things. The screen navigation, his work in rear view pursuit, uh, contesting the shot, um, and this is the kind of stuff you're you're going to want to see from him uh, moving forward. Like I again, I don't think Miller projects as like a defensive stopper, but I think he does. I think he'll be a good defensive wing on the next level. And, and this is maybe sort of like basic stuff to nail, but it's it's it is encouraging to see nonetheless. All right, second clip is against Missouri, and at this point in the possession, he's off ball and is put through a little bit of a down screen here. I don't, I feel like he could have done a better job of fighting through this screen or over this screen, so he's not having to kind of, you know, close out this gap here. <laughs> yeah, uh, the big gap, but obviously this guy's you know, four feet behind the three-point line. He does leave his feet on the closeout there, and that allows the ball handler to create an advantage. 
And then I believe there's a screen. Yep. So there's a screen coming because he's so far behind. You got to switch at this point. I think after that, he does a much better job in the tail end of this possession in terms of how he uses his active hands. The Missouri player tries to hit a floater over Miller. And I think he may even get a piece of this. Mm-hmm. Maybe he um, he at least alters it yeah. if he doesn't like outright you know block it or whatever. Yeah, so I thought he recovered well. I, th- I think initially the the first part of this possession wasn't the greatest, but maybe I'm just kind of nitpicking. No, him. no, no. I would agree, and I mean like he like he does not do a good job navigating that first pin down, and then it's a sloppy recovery on his part. Um, and look, th- like I know that that would be a very deep attempt, but Demoy Hodge is is a very like is a very good offensive guard. And he can shoot from out there. So you would want him to stay attached. I think he closes this possession down well. Like, I I agree, Richie. But he's able to do that in part because, like, he gets, like, kind of bailed out that there is this screen and this switch. Because, like, Raylan Griffin is able to switch out and kill the advantage. Like, if there's no screen and that, like, I don't know, Hodge, like, I, I don't know what else he could have really done at that point. But it's, like he allows Miller to get back into yeah. the play and yeah. Alabama's the team that switches a, a lot, especially if they're, if they can do it one through three or one through four, like this is just an auto switch for them. And so that just immediately kills the advantage. And then from there green here, you got to ghost the screen and, and flare out, I guess. I don't know. So I don't know some, I mean, anything, you know, what they didn't do. And like, again, Deandre Golston is a, is a good player too, but like, this is a play that Miller has to win. And he does like, I mean, he, DeAndre Golston is not able to get a good, he takes a really tough shot and it's a very good contest alter, or if not like an outright block by, by Miller. So again, he gets, he recovers, I think, but the start of that play is like kind of a, kind of a mess. And he does get like bailed out a little bit by uh, Goldston kind of getting in the way to set uh, you know another screen in the, uh, the middle of the floor there. All right. Third clip. Yeah, here we go. So I will say this is one of the like when I was watching this game, this was maybe like two, three weeks ago. I was watching and clipping this game. And this one made me like outright laugh when I watched it because like I mean, Georgia just gets absolutely demolished in this game. But like this play just like fully encapsulated like Alabama's like length and athleticism advantage. So like he's matched up with Justin Hill, who's a six foot point guard. Um, he does a nice job sort of like sliding in space against a small quick guard but as hill goes downhill he does a really nice job getting with this ball fake yeah like in the middle of the paint as he gets further downhill like in brandon miller does not I mean, he reacts to it like he he's for a second he is beaten on this play again because of a really nice ball fake by uh by hill if you if we run the clip actually so yeah you'll hear miller so far so good hill's able to turn his hips um which that's something to probably keep an eye on with miller going forward and then yeah the ball fake and like I think if Hill is like a player of like any sort of size, he's able to just like spin into a fadeaway here, but he double clutches. <laughs> I mean, like look he fades the, the, he fades to the three point line. It looks like, yeah, Well, also like look at Brandon Miller's feet when he blocks the shot. Like, I think he's standing on the ground. Like he is at least like one foot on the floor when he, when he blocks Justin Hill's attempt here, like pretty, pretty laughable. Um, and again, just goes to show you like he was beaten. He has, he has, but he just has such, uh, a length advantage that he's able yep, to, yep. to come back and block the shot. Like again, it's it's kind of an unserious play. Like it's it's kind of a joke. But I do think this play is worth highlighting because of uh, if we're thinking about Brandon Miller guarding smaller, quicker players, like where is he laterally in terms of moving his hips in tight spaces? And then you see the tools at the end with the with the length to, to be able to um, 
block the shot. And, you know, he did have a block rate of, I think, around 2.5% this season. So he didn't create a ton of events in Alabama's defense, but he did block, like, his fair share of shots, including some, as we've seen on the last two possessions, you know, some stuff that isn't necessarily, like, right at the rim. You know, these are... Right you know, paint, paint finishes or sort of like mid range jump shot finishes. Yeah. That's what I noticed too, about a lot of the clips that I've watched defensively and some that we won't even highlight here in the video, but you know, he's obviously trying to keep his opponent out of the middle and goes to his hip right there. Uh, but number 11 does a good job of, of getting that crossover, getting to the middle, but you know, Miller's right there and that smaller guard has to do something like that, that little fake mm -hmm. shot to get him in the air. But Miller, Miller's second jump, and maybe he just doesn't jump high enough to really have this bother him that much, but that second jump, and even like a third jump, it's like he just, he, his length is <laughs> bothering number 11. Like, this, this looks like your son probably trying to score oh, on yes. you in the driveway, oh, yeah. Richie. Like, I mean, it's just not a total, it's not necessarily a fair fight no. uh, for, for Justin Hill. Yeah. It's funny. My parents always talk about, you know, take it easy on him. I was like, no, I'm not going to take it easy on him. I'm going to block that thing into the uh, third row. Yeah. No easy buckets. I did see, I was at the Y here in Raleigh a couple weeks ago and I saw a son, a father and son playing one-on-one. -on -one and uh, yeah, th this father took a page right out of your playbook. Cause like, I only noticed these two guys playing cause he blocked his son's shot, like off the court. <laughs> he did, he did so uh, emphatically. And I was like, all right, yeah, you gotta you know, teach these, teach these kids the hard way, I guess. So, all right, we can get to the, uh, the fourth and final clip yeah, here. And, and yes, this might be my favorite of the bunch. Yeah, we've got the 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 eye in the sky view here. Uh, this is Alabama against Florida in Tuscaloosa. And would you run the clip for like a second or two here? So you're gonna see it's gonna start the start of possession. And he's on the weak side block, by the way. Yes, ex exactly. So the ball, the play starts with like you know, it's, it's a, a Colin Castleton elbow touch that then turns into empty corner pick and roll for Florida. You can see they've got three shooters spaced out. Um, and Brandon Miller, as Richie notes, is the low is the weak side low defender. So like he's got one foot in the paint down on the block. That's a lot of responsibilities for him. You know, he's got to be especially on an empty corner look like this. Like you've got to be able to, to help in a, in a few different places and be ready to close out. But like this is this is Todd Golden at UF, you know, spread empty corner pick and roll with good good spacing. And then so for, as the I think it's Myron Jones who drives here and he throws like Castleton doesn't like he kind of short rolls. And he's very good in the, in space here because he can he can Castleton can really pass. He's got a nice hook shot. He's got good touch. Like he's got some moves in the post. So this is like not a bad spot for him to get the ball. And as you see, Alabama swarms him. Yeah. Like this is the first first play of the game. They double team him, and Castleton makes a nice read. Like that's Will Richard on the that he that he skips the ball to. Will Richard is a forty percent three point shooter. And this is just like not, not just Brandon Miller. This is like nice team yeah. defense by That's Alabama helped. too, with the, with the X out where Miller uh, he closes out to Richard because that's the priority. And then Jaden Bradley is going to be playing for Arizona next season. Does a nice job Xing out to the corner. I, I think it's Riley Kugel that he closes out to. I can't I can't remember. But you see, Mil when when that player starts to drive out of the corner, Miller does a nice job being in the gap, like he shows. And then he's able to close back out to to Richard and, and put up a, a a good contest to make this three a little bit more challenging for a, a good shooter with good size. Yeah, I, I like this view. It took me like eight seconds to figure out where Brandon Miller was because it feels like I'm off the nose. It's a pretty cool view because you can see everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. and you can see the spacing so well too. Yeah. Like it's pretty cool. So yeah, this is definitely my favorite clip of the bunch. And I think what was pretty cool too on the initial 
he push he pushes his uh teammate in the back mm-hmm. and says hey you you go right there you go help out on castleton like he pushes him and now he knows he's really responsible for two guys out here and, and you yep, talk about yep. the you know the team defense and the initial pass which is a good pass it's him closing out x out and then i think he does a good job here where he doesn't leave his man too much he kind of splits the difference and forces yep, yep. the ball handler to make a decision and once again he does leave his feet or at least mm-hmm. it looks like he does and then he recovers and contest and like I said, he's shown the ability to recover after that first jump and get that second jump contest there. It uh, looks like it's a miss out of bounds. But yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I, I like mm-hmm. your view here, and it shows everything that you need to see from not only an individual perspective, but a team defense perspective. But yeah, that that was probably my favorite clip of the bunch that we've watched today. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good team defense by Miller kind of quarterbacking uh, on the weak side and, and showing the versatility, right? Um, like making multiple rotations, um, being in the right spot, closing out, contesting. Um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like perfect defense, but uh, that's pretty good uh, team defense um, guarding, you know, what is a tough, you know, it's, that's a good play. That's a good possession for Florida, like empty corner pick and roll that ends up with Colin Castleton drawing two in the middle of the lane and, and spraying out to to Richard, who's a good shooter. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys appreciated this video breakdown uh obviously the scoot henderson one is already out uh but the brandon miller is more appropriate as the hornets did draft him number two overall we showed a little bit of everything offense defense and this will be out as an audio form as well as a video form so thanks so much for the support so far for brian i'm richie we will talk to you guys later take care Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.